The Murray State Basketball Podcast is brought to you by the Murray Flower Company. If you're in Callaway County and need flowers, the best place to go is the Murray Flower Company. Whether you're celebrating a new arrival, the life of a loved one, or any point in between, the Murray Flower Company has you covered. Visit them on the square in Murray at 403 Maple Street or online at murrayflowercompany.com. Good morning. Welcome into the Murray State Basketball Podcast. It is game day as we get ready for Murray State and Indiana State meeting this afternoon, a 5 p.m. Central Tip, National TV, ESPNU. A lot of games on national TV. You can tell that the tide has changed uh, Moving from the Ohio Valley to the Missouri Valley might get a game or two. Usually there was two uh, per year. And, boy, it just feels like every other game now, Murray State on national TV. So great exposure for the program, great exposure for the conference. And we'll see if the racers can parlay that into a great win today against the Sycamores, who are suddenly reeling a bit. 6-0 and out of the gate. They have now lost three in a row, so they come in at six and three. It seems like the racers so far uh, seem to catch these teams uh, on a little bit of a uh, little bit of desperation. We saw it with Drake a week and a half or two weeks ago, I guess, on that Iowa swing. Of course, that was at Drake, Indiana State, having to go on the road here to uh, to try to win. But we'll get into that coming up uh, in a little bit. Uh, some news and notes since we uh, since we last left you. Um, Kenny White returned to practice, uh, was seen at practice. I believe that was on Thursday. Uh, he was back. So again, I have no no intel on this whatsoever. I, j- I just feel like my gut says. My gut says he probably doesn't play, uh, but at the next, you know, if he's going to return, I feel like it will be at home, but I don't know that it's it's time yet. I don't know. You know, again, it, 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 I guess it just comes down to, you know, what is, um, when, they, when Steve Prohm and, and Nico Yanko, I mean, because these types of things go just above the coach, you know, and it's like kind of what their, whatever they feel like the penance is that he has paid, um, you know, has it been has it been enough? I guess for, you know, for the mistake he made. Now, I was happy to see him back at practice again. This this isn't one of those deals where, as we've talked about, this isn't something that is a, you know, we're shunning him from the program and he's just going to go sit in his apartment and think about what you've done until we tell you to come out. It's like, no, you know, it's like back with the team and you just kind of deal with it like an injury. And we just don't know the severity of that injury. So, um, but I also, I have 100% anticipation that we will not know Kenny White is playing again until not only Well, I don't think they're going to dress him and not play him. 
If he's dressed, he's going to play. So I think it's going to be that situation where you walk into the arena and you see him out there in a uniform, you know he's ready to go. Uh, Steve Prohm will not advertise that. He will not discuss it. Uh, I mean, at this point, it's just a competitive advantage thing. You know, make the other team, make the other team scout and prepare to face him and prepare to not face him. And it's like, uh, you know, you'll find out when everybody else finds out. I think that'll be kind of the uh, the path that uh, we will we will go down with Kenny. But uh, he's back. He's working. And uh, I guess now it's just said I, I, as I said earlier this week. I was like, I, I don't have any idea. Is this a week? Is it three weeks? Is it the season? I, I don't I don't know what the what the penance will need to be uh, paid uh, to the uh, to the powers that be on this one. But uh, we at least know he is he is back with the team uh, as as expected. I think ultimately. Um, all right, we're going to go through a couple thought exercises today. Um, that I've just been kicking the tires on for the last for the last couple of days, and I guess we'll just jump into it because I, I I'm I don't really know any other way to uh, to go at this. Uh, would we as Murray State fans? Uh, this is this is part one of our thought exercise. Would we as Murray State fans be better off? Mentally, <laughs> emotionally, if Murray State had not beaten Texas A&M. Now, they could still have a 10-9 record. They could have, you know, lost to A&M and just won the next two games down there in Myrtle Beach. But would that change the way we look at at this team. You just have to go back to the beginning. You know, you go back to April. Steve gets hired. Everyone goes in the portal. The only person that comes back is DJ Burns from a scholarship standpoint. Rod Thomas uh, came back as well. And then it's the scramble of, hey, we have four freshmen that are that are already signed and scrambling trying to keep them, ultimately keep three of the four. And then it's, you know, okay, so now we're up to four. You know, we still got nine scholarships to fill. And to just get in the portal and, and start looking around and finding pieces you know pieces that are that are that are disappearing in front of you you know that you're trying to grab but you find these pieces that you think can fit into what you want your program to become but also knowing this is this is just a a foundational year of we're just trying to build the foundation in an, in suboptimal conditions you're doing the best you can to just let's get let's get our legs under us here. And let's play it out and we'll we'll see where we are at the end of the year. And look, like 
like everybody, hope springs eternal. And I was listening to a, I guess I was listening to a podcast with Charles Barkley um, a few months ago. And he talked about when, when he played for the 76ers, you know, in the late 80s, in the early 90s, before he got traded to Phoenix. And he said, look, I knew I was one of the best players in the world, to paraphrase. I knew I was one of the best players in the world. We're going to be good because I'm awesome and we'll make this thing work. He goes, everybody thinks that before the season starts. He's like, and then you get 20 games into the season and then you look around and you're like, we suck. But he goes, you never think we suck before the season starts. Because everybody thinks we've got the goods to make a run at this thing. And is just, it is natural to, to go, and trust me, those Philadelphia teams did suck. Not to equate that to the Murray State Racers, I'm just, the point standing. That at the beginning of the year, everybody feels great. And you can look at you can you can look at what you got and you can talk yourself into anything. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you get into this year. Hey, remember the last time Steve Prohm had a first year team? And remember how they went 23 and 0? And you're feeling you 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 just talk yourself into anything. And then they go to SLU on opening night and get blasted. And you're like, okay, that was kind of like, welcome back to earth. You win that, was it Lindsey Wilson? I think it was Lindsey Wilson. Game two. Great NAIA game. You're supposed to win by a lot. You do. And now you're going to Myrtle Beach and just like, you know, we'll see what happens. Because I don't know anything. I don't know what we got going on. And they go kick a&M's ass. And it was just like, we're good. We're good. We just beat a ranked team for the first time in a decade. You had no reason. And at the time, as I said, I was like, you have to now recalibrate the ceiling for this team. Because whatever we thought, even even with Hope Springs Eternal, that you're like, hey, you know, we're we're, you know, we're on a scale of one to ten, you're like, ah, oh, things go well, you know, we're like a solid seven this year. Well, now suddenly you're like, we just beat A and M. Optimism has now shot up a couple of levels. And I don't know that they've got. And as I said at the time. I said that the ceiling has raised. The question is now, how many more times can they get back to that ceiling? They have shown that is what they can be. But how how often can they play at that level? And as we have seen, not often. Not often. And so I feel like as a fan base, it has... It has added a layer of frustration to the year that 
we just look in the rear view of, we look back to November and think, why, why is this not going well? Why is this not going as well as we would have hoped? Why are we only 10 and 9? Why is the coaching staff doing a bad job? Which is also my, always my all-time favorite complaint. You got outcoached. What does that mean? Please tell me what that means. That's just an easy rock to throw from the glass house. There are many elements of this team that they are just bringing a knife to a gunfight. And, but I feel like if, if we were able to look, our, our vision goes back to the A&M game. Why has it been a struggle since then? But if that A&M win doesn't happen and we're able to, it sort of adjusts the prism we look through. And you're like, oh, right. This year was supposed to be hard. This year was supposed to be harder than expected. I just feel like the emotional swings of the year would be a little a little more digestible than it's been. It's like maybe if for one night this team doesn't play as well as they absolutely possibly could from top to bottom. Everybody be handling the season a little bit better. I don't know. That's thought exercise one. Thought exercise two. The thing about college seasons, as opposed to maybe professional seasons, is that, excuse me, you've got, you know, you go in a college, professionally, you get these five-year plans. You get these, you know, we're, we're building for the future. We're, we're tanking. We're trying to get draft picks. We're trying to, you know, we're trying to play the long game here. And I think on some level, collegiately, you can say that. But at the same time, I mean, I, I think there are some programs that have to think that way. But I think at Murray State, where success has been so consistent and high-level success has been so consistent over now close to four decades that every year you just push and push and push and push and push, and maybe you sacrifice a little bit for the future because you're trying to win now because that is the expectation. The standard is the standard. We're going to win this thing. And... After today, we will be at the halfway point of the Missouri Valley schedule. And I just wonder, thought exercise number two, if there is a point in this year where Steve and his staff, if things trend in a direction of we are not going to be able to get a top four seed, because again, top four seeds, you only have to play three games to win to win a Valley Tournament Championship. Five through twelve, you got to play four games. 
So if it trends away where we're not going to get a top four seed, does Steve and the staff change the way they play? Not tanking, not tanking, but looking to the future. Looking to, hey, we need to try, and again, as I said last time, these coaches have seen these guys practice every day for seven months. They know, they know, they believe they know what they have. They are putting their best possible product out on the floor to try to win games today. But would it be possible to be able to, and not like, hey, let's play guys, you know, 8 through 12 all together, just run them out, sort of like that Chicago State game where he was mad with the starters and he put the next five in. Not as much that. But there needs to be a, I say there needs to be, and, and, and this is this is speaking a thousand percent from the outside because the co- obviously this is part of their calculus all the time, especially now in this time of the portal, is that you know guys that haven't played, you almost automatically think, well, they may not be back. They may not want to come back. They want to go somewhere else to play. So I wonder maybe if it's a case of, look, let's run – Braxton Stacker out there for 15 minutes with four of the starters, you know, or Jackson Edwards or Marlon Leston, or, you know, if there's any of those questions of, well, maybe they can help us. And also like, hey, we want you to stay. So we want to get you out there so we can, so you can feel it and we can, we can get a better idea of this, if this is going to work. Now, Steve and his staff may already 100% know the answer to those questions. And those guys may already know the answer to their to their future. So maybe that's it's it's maybe a fruitless exercise. But I think just in terms of of built because honestly, even the starter, I mean there's there is no guarantee anybody on that roster is coming back next year. Which kind of feels like I I would say outside of I feel like Patrick Chu will be back. I mean, he made the decision to redshirt, so you feel like he's going to come back. They can all come back, but even the guys that play, like, you, you don't know. You don't know. And that's just the way of the world. Now, I, I think, as I say that with, you know, with portal rules, and they've already transferred once. They'd have to sit. So, I mean, there there is a better opportunity than most for, for most of these guys. Just, I, I'm not. I'm just saying, nothing is as, as sure maybe as it used to be. So, from a standpoint of building for the future, you know, if you look down the bench and you're like, are those guys part of our future? Maybe maybe you get them some more time and maybe sacrificing this isn't giving us necessarily the best chance to win a game today. We're still going to try to win, 
but maybe at, a, at its core, it hurts us a little to, to play one of the guys further down the bench or a couple of guys further down the bench, but maybe it can help us for, you know, for next year and beyond. But that's still a little bit down the path because Murray still has to be able to fall out of contention. And that's sort of the, the part two of the thought exercise. Because as of today, Murray State is 5-4. and four. They are in seventh place, tied with Drake. But they are also one game out of third. And two games out of the lead with 11 to go. So, this conversation... This thought exercise, if you will, we're still a couple of weeks down down the road from it coming to fruition, if for whatever reason it would come to fruition. But I'm just curious to see how Steve kind of handles it as the year goes on. But again, also defaulting to the point of these coaches see these guys every single day in practice. So I... They know 150% more what these guys have to offer than any of us sitting in the gym watching. So, I, 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 default, <laughs> I default to that, and we will just uh, let that go. Okay, thought exercises over for the afternoon. Murray State, 10 and 9. Five and four in the Valley, taking on Indiana State, who is 13 and seven, six and three in the Valley. They have lost three in a row. Uh, the Sycamores come in. Uh, opening Vegas line has them at minus two. So you have, again, Racers home underdogs again. Five o'clock today on on ESPNU. We've got everybody. You know, the line has actually moved now to Indiana State minus three, uh, as I see. So we've got a busy day of. I said my my mouse has died on me here as I try to look up some other stuff. Uh, everybody in the conference is is ready to roll today. Uh, Northern Iowa on the road at UIC, SIU on the road at Missouri State. Drake is at Evansville. Evansville still looking for their first win uh, of the season. And Belmont at Bradley. And last but not least, Valpo at Illinois State. So I think the Bradley-Belmont game certainly uh, probably, well, and SIU at Missouri State. Those are your... Uh, those are the top four teams there in the league duking it out as Belmont's won five in a row, SIU's won three in a row. And you see the top teams in the league, they have held serve at home. SIU 9-1, and one, Belmont 8-1, and one, Bradley's 10-0, and oh, Drake is 9-1, and one, Racers are 6-1. and one. They have played really well at home. And 2-7 and seven on the road, true road games, that, that is... That is can they steal any on the road? But they just have to continue to hold serve. And so uh, coming in with a struggling Indiana State team today, uh, we see how the racers uh, will. Now, you say Indiana State has lost three in a row. They have lost to SIU. They have lost to Missouri State. They have lost to Bradley. 
Uh, two of those three were at home, but those are three of the top teams, certainly, uh, in the league. Uh, just looking at the quick numbers, uh, they are, Indiana State is in one of the worst uh, offensive rebounding teams in the country. Uh, they are the number two team in America in two-point percentage. They make almost 60% of their twos, which is certainly a far cry from what we saw uh, from from the racers the other night as uh, they Murray was, again, was it 8 for 28 on layups? So uh, Indiana State will not. Miss layups. They also take a tremendous amount of threes, 22nd in the country. Uh, 45% of their field goal attempts are three-point attempts. So uh, Murray has been pretty good guarding from the perimeter this year, but that is uh, something we are going to have to watch today. In conference, let's see, racers, the number three Offensive efficiency team, Indiana State is the fourth defensive side. Uh, Indiana State, the fourth best defensive efficiency team. Racers are ninth. Uh, Turnovers, racers still uh, turn it over the least of anybody in the conference. Indiana State, third uh, least in terms of turning folks over. Murray State, 12 out of 12, just it's been that thing all year uh, that they just they don't turn folks over. Indiana State uh, at seven. Offensive rebounding, Murray State third. Yeah, Indiana State ninth in the conference in terms of offensive rebounding. So um, this is a winnable game for the racers. Again, the caveats of it. It's just like, are we going to get the Bradley effort that we saw a couple of weeks ago, because that's an effort that can win in in that building every night. That's a, that's that is an effort that can win. You can take that on the road and go win uh, as well. Uh, Sycamore's three guys in double figures: Cavassier, McCauley, sixteen and a half points, five and a half rebounds. Cameron Henry, ten point eight points, five rebounds. Cooper Nice, ten point two points, three and a half rebounds. All their guards get out and rebound. Uh, We said they take a lot of threes as a team, less than 33%, so nobody really shooting the lights out there. I mean, Macaulay, Henry, Nice, 35%, 32%, 31%. So we've seen this before where teams struggle, and then, of course, the law of averages comes out, and they just – they go – suddenly turn into the Warriors and start knocking down everything in sight. So – that is what the racers have to uh, have to deal with uh, this afternoon. Five o'clock, five o'clock uh, at the CFSB Center. A couple other news and notes before we get out of here. I said I haven't done this uh, probably since maybe early December. Uh, just wanted to uh, kind of go back and 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 now that we have a little more body of work and the computer numbers mean a little bit more uh, to go back and look at the ends the the, the net rankings between the Missouri Valley and the Ohio Valley. And, you know, again, small sample size of, of half of one season, but, but you know, ultimately it's like yeah, this, is, this is why Murray State made the decision. You know, Bradley, 69th, 
Drake, 97th, SIU, 106, Indiana State, 116, Missouri State, 126, Belmont, 131, Murray State, 183, Northern Iowa, 191. So, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 teams, 8 teams in the top 200 of the net. Uh, In the OVC, SIU Edwardsville is 118, and that's it. I mean, they've got one team in the top 200. Uh, So, I mean, I think that's... That's just – it's why they made the move. It's why they made the move. That, you know, ultimately the Valley this year uh, is not going to be – I don't think – I would be stunned, you know, if, if, if this time – if it turns into a two-bid league this year, you know, Bradley – you know, Bradley's the best shot and they're at 69. I mean, they'd have to go on a, you know – go rip off 10 in a row, something like that. I mean, they're 13 and seven, so I don't see any, um, I don't see any real scenario. And looking back, you know, they don't have any, they don't have any wins of note that would jump off the page and, you know, grab anybody. Um, SIU is probably the, technically the best choice uh, only because of their uh, number of losses, which is only five. Uh, but, you know, they've got that win over Oklahoma State, but, you know, they lose to Southern Indiana, uh, lost to SLU, lost to UNLV. I mean, really, the Southern Indiana loss is, is kind of the, the check against them. But, again, you know, I'm like, if they're 25-5 and five and 26-5, and 27-28-5, and five, and then, you know, they would certainly be on the bubble, but I don't think that's enough if they lose on Saturday, and that's also asking a lot for, hey, we need you to run the table. But... We can at least have that conversation with the Missouri Valley. Obviously, with the Ohio Valley, there, there's no conversation to have, and that and that's that's what you hope for. Um, that's what you hope for moving forward. That that this league will continue as as Murray is is better able to get traction under them moving forward. That you get into a situation where. Uh, and and maybe not just them, but but they w- they will be able to help the greater good, you know, and that this conference will be able to, uh, you know, move forward and ultimately get two teams on a consistent basis, uh, if not more. I mean, that's obviously the the the, the dream, but uh, we will see how that goes. I will say, you know, you're just looking at it, and you look at, you know, you look at the standings today where they're at. I don't know that anybody can. Uh, I think the top four seeds are going to be huge to just play three games instead of having in three days instead of four games in four days. But you can make an argument for a lot of a, a lot of teams in that top eight uh, to be able to to win out in Arch Madness and be able to get to the NCAA tournament. And that's what's going to really be fun. That uh, this there there is no clear favorite. There is no clear favorites. I mean, it is it is uh, it's pretty remarkable, and it's just it's different, you know, from from years past where it was always kind of okay, you know, on, on a good year, the OVC kind of presented a, a final four that you knew, you know, mid season. You're like, those are going to be the four teams playing on Friday in Evansville. Now, who's just going to be able to come out of there? Uh, but I, I think that list of four goes much deeper in the Missouri Valley and makes it uh, <laughs> makes it a little more anxiety ridden for everybody and fans of so many schools going up there. But it also uh, provides some optimism that, Hey, if we just 
playing your best basketball there at the end, you can get hot. You can go uh, win this thing and go to the big dance. All right, 5 o'clock today, Racers and Sycamores at the CFSB Center. If you can't make it to the bank, it'll be on ESPNU. Uh, Ride Home Podcast will be up in the morning uh, because right after the Racers finish up with Indiana State, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are playing in the playoffs, and my attention will be 100% on that and pacing around my living room, so uh, we'll not be able to uh, lock in and get you uh, get you your podcast, uh, but we'll have it for you in the morning. And then uh, spinning ahead, for those of you, all four of you that, uh, that listen to this, uh, be out of pocket for a couple days, so uh, racers are at SIU on Tuesday. Ride Home will be up on Wednesday then as we get back into a little more of a of a regular schedule uh, moving forward. But, uh, again, you get what you pay for with me, and so I that's all I can say. You get what you pay, you get what you pay for. Uh, all right, that does it for this edition of the Murray State Basketball Podcast. Thanks for listening to me ramble on. Uh, thanks for listening to my thought exercises today. I'd be curious to uh, to hear your thoughts on, on how uh, – how those all kind of came together. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I could see, I could see two wild different, uh, you know, comments coming from both ends of the spectrum, which I would totally understand because I'm kind of just jumping out on a limb there with some of it. But, uh, but anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, we will talk to you tomorrow with the ride home. And, uh, if you haven't done so already, subscribe, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great Sunday. We will, I guess it's not Sunday. It's still Saturday. We will talk to you soon.